My name is Dustin, and welcome to the Earthian Podcast, where I explore the everyday stories, emotions, and realities that make up the human experience as we know it on Earth. Today's guest lives in New York City. I met him in the Bay about seven years ago. He's funny and chill and loves joking around. In this conversation, we talk about the importance of humor in relationships and life. We talk about being the weirdo and how that's played out. And we talk about finding your community. I hope you enjoy my conversation with my good friend, Graham Federson. So where are you at right now? Physically or mentally? <laughs> Phys- physically first. Yeah, I'm, I'm in North Carolina right now. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Me and Taylor, we were in New York for a little bit, and then COVID-19 happened, so we decided to go somewhere where it was, like, chiller to, like, go outside and not need to wear a mask all the time. Right. So we, we ended up coming to here to beautiful North Carolina. Cool. Why did you end up going to North Carolina? You have family or something? No. I used to come down here a lot because I, I taught windsurfing as my summer job in high school. So I had connections down here and I already knew I liked it. And then with everything that culminated with COVID-19, including the self-quarantine and then also just the job market not existing anymore, it ended up working out to where I could come down to North Carolina where things were still open and I had a skill that I could use to get a job. So it was like a way to work and also be in like a nice place. Yeah, I feel it. Okay, so before we get too much deeper. I want to give some context to people since this is not a video podcast, it's a audio. So can you talk about how you would describe yourself to someone who can't see or interact with you? I'm what I refer to as a default human. Uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a white, I'm a white man with brownish blonde hair mm. and I'm six feet tall. Just picture like a stock photo, the man in that. <laughs> um, that's roughly 25 and that's, that's me. Nice. Yeah. Accurate, accurate description. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So what roles and traits do you identify with? I don't know. I never even thought about that. I think like around the, where I work, I like, I make people, people laugh. I think that's about it. Hmm. Um, I mean, you're a boyfriend. I'm a boyfriend. That's one. Right? That's one. <laughs> Funny man, boyfriend. And so in, in my girlfriend's life, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm a, like a listener and someone that is there, there in the good times and the bad times. And yeah, that's, that's me in, in that part of my life. Um, and also, like, we goof around a lot, too. Like, that's, it's super important for me to have people that I can, like, laugh with and, like, have a good time with. So. Mm-hmm. I think in all aspects of my life, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Um, And that's because that's what I'm looking for. That's also what I like. I want to provide too. And I I like teaching a lot with the job I'm at right now. I'm teaching water sports and I really enjoy that. And I like sharing something that I'm really like passionate about with other people. And that's that if I was to bring value, to the world that those would be the things yeah i I don't know if this is gonna go anywhere but the thing about being a funny man and then also having funny in your life yeah um what is there like a driver behind that other than just like i want to have i want to enjoy things i don't know it it sounds like 
silly, but it's almost how you find people that are like kind of like you is if if you can kind of make them laugh, it's like, oh, there's a wavelength that we're both on. And it's like, mm. uh, it's like a really like easy way to like relate to people, I feel like. And for me, when I find someone that thinks like something I did is funny, like I see them as like someone I could be like friends with, I guess. Yeah. You know, so like when the wavelengths align. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I know, yeah. I know what you're saying. It's almost like if you say something offensive and someone thinks it's funny, it's like, okay, I under, we, we're, we understand each other. Like, we understand <laughs> that I'm not saying this offensive thing to, to be serious. I'm saying it to fuck around, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, yeah. dude. Um, it's like a shit and, test. Yeah, exactly. Me and my girlfriend, Taylor, we're talking about this. And, and I'm just saying girlfriend for the, you know who Taylor is. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. Um, we were talking about this actually. And how when we were in New York, we were having like actually a lot of trouble connecting with with people because a lot of the people that we were talking to were kind of in like this art community. And like, I'll, and this isn't to say that I don't come from like a lot of privilege, I do. But like, I think a lot of the people in the art community all come, they all went to like private school and then like all the stuff that kind of insulated them so they don't really know a lot of like absolute pieces of trash (laughs) (laughs) when you say something that's almost like funny like an absolute like piece of trash person would say they think that you're the piece of trash right right you know and it's like it's almost like you're not they don't see that you're making fun of like somebody, they think you're that actual person. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. It's like people who take themselves too seriously. Yeah. It's, I feel like, and I don't know, I, I might change my mind like later on in my life, but I feel like there's something to a sense of humor that it's some, some level of like humility. You mm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. you don't have to take yourself so seriously and the act of taking yourself seriously is like this kind of egotistical thing that you're doing yeah you know what i mean it's like it's like i'm better than you so i'm i'm gonna call you out for this behavior that is obviously not serious but i'm taking it as serious yeah (laughs) definitely it's 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 a it's tricky and like yeah i but i feel like when someone is really taking themselves seriously and doesn't find a lot of humor in, in things, they really aren't self-aware about mm. themselves, you know? And like, I feel like to, to be funny and like relate to people, you need like a little bit of self-awareness and you need to be able to at least be able to like make fun of yourself. Cause if nothing's around, you're like the prop to make fun of. Right, 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 right. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's true. Okay, so that you said something interesting. The to be funny, you have to be you have to have some level of self-awareness. Can yeah. you like give an example or like pull on that a little bit more? What what do you mean by that? Um well, one thing I do a lot is I refer to myself as a smaller man and with no context. Not not specifically talking about my height or anything else. I talk about myself as a smaller man and I'm not necessarily smaller in height, but 
making this joke just about myself like is is funny to me and i don't really know why (laughs) (laughs) that's the best i can do (laughs) all right all right okay so like i I feel like self uh, yeah self-awareness is is just knowing you're you're full of shit you know what i mean right to me it's almost like you're able to look at yourself from another person's point of view and see what you pers- like what you come off as and then call those yeah. things out. So like one thing I've seen when I go to stand up shows, that's one of the things that pe- the comedians use. They'll they'll say like I'm like this version. I look like this person but something worse. You know what I mean? Like right. I, I look yeah, yeah. I look like Jackie Chan but broke or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the very least everybody is looking like right at you. You know? So mm-hmm. like if you can make, I guess, like an observation about how weird you look, then people are like, oh, yeah, you do look pretty weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing. So I, th- there's something there about like transparency. Um, and I feel like even this applies to myself, too. Like you can tell if somebody's mad about something. Or they're, let's, let's say they're scared about something, but they react in a way that's like they're angry about it. It's very transparent to everyone else what the cause of that anger is, I think. When you're looking from the outside in, it's hard. It, it's almost like when you are scared, but then you act angry. It's like you're protect. You're trying to appear as though you're not scared. And so you want to act in a way that it's like overcompensating. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's almost the same thing. It's almost like, if you're aware, then you're able to see that, yo, everyone can see that you are scared. So just admit it. And that is in a way that's like related to the, the humor thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess like one thing I, I've, I've heard is like laughing is like a nervous reaction. Mm. So maybe it's it's my way of when I'm trying to crack some, crack some goofy jokes. It's probably just my way of showing that I'm really nervous. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I want to talk about your childhood and uh, understand how you became this dude. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so let's start. Where, where'd you grow up? You grew up in Philly, right? No, I grew up in in Massachusetts. Okay, okay, yeah. The Commonwealth. Yeah. So how how was that? Like, what was your neighborhood like? Um, You know, what was your family like? All that? Yeah, I mean, I I grew up in a, a really nice town. I grew up in a town that had one of like the best like public schools in in the country like it was like this really nice like suburban town with like a lot of like a lot of woods so i grew up in the woods which was pretty cool but yeah it was like very like a lot a lot of the people that went to my high school almost all of them went to college and a large, surprisingly large portion of them went to like Ivy League, like mm. schools. Yeah. So just really like middle upper class, like Massachusetts town. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. What was it like growing up in your neighborhood? Um, I mean, it's like, it was, um, I mean, for me, I really didn't like school that much. 
And that was just about as much as about as much of a culmination of people as you got was like school. Right. And yeah. It was just really edu- obvious, like super education, like focused, obviously because of school, but um, it wasn't my speed. And I, there weren't like a lot of people there. Like my graduating class was probably like 60 people. So I've made a lot of friends like in other towns basically like i had a i had a hard time in high school you know i uh yeah didn't didn't have a great time was was happy to get out yeah as far away i feel that i hated my high school experience too i i feel like i've met a lot of people that love their high school experience which like confuses the shit out of me (laughs) what what was your experience like in high school you said it wasn't the best experience what was it like yeah, it wasn't the best experience. I um, I felt like, because I was like pretty weird, like I felt pretty much ostracized by even like people in my school that I considered like my friends. Mm. So like, I would like not get invited to shit and like really kind of, I spent like a lot of time like just by myself in high school. Mm. Like, you know, like sitting at like a lunch table, like by myself, like, and that was, that was like the weirdest thing was it was, it wasn't even like, I felt like I was, I had like a group that I hung out with. I just felt like completely like ostracized. Yeah. And like, I think it had a combination of like me not having like really good social skills. And then like, just also, you know, having, wildly different interests than like everybody else that I was around that kind of resulted in me just not not having a great time yeah so I'm curious how you think that's affected you do you okay so to me I'm gonna tell you what I think of you and then you can you can tell me you can tell me how I'm wrong um so so okay so when I think of you, I mean, I think you're goofy. So that's the one thing that's like the funny man, right? Um, right? But I don't see like a lack of social skills. I feel like you're pretty, you're pretty chill, like you get along fine. Do you feel like you're that still? Or has have you picked up things along the way? No, I mean, I've, I think I definitely like picked up a lot of things along the way. Like, I think leaving the the town that I was in and like realizing that there were like more interesting people in the world, like helped me a lot. And then that kind of gave me like a stepping stone to sort of start relating to people a lot more. Mm. And then from there, I kind of realized more like social cues and like things like that. Cause I mean, I think naturally I grew up in a pretty anti-social environment, not in a bad way, but just in the, like a, kind of is what it is way because my dad wasn't a super social person Mm. and then my older brother has severe autism Mm. so that kind of made it so I didn't have a lot of like male like examples of what like being social was right you know right and I'm I'm glad I didn't pick them up from like tv because like I know a lot of people do that yeah like develop what their idea of like manhood and things like that are but yeah, no, I think like, as far as just growing up with 
those two being my like examples it just the what it did was just made it so i had a super hard time making friends mm. basically yeah and like you know i think going to school in college really helped me a lot because it you know sort of threw me into the deep end of like meeting people because i went to cca which is california college of the arts where we met mm-hmm. uh, right out of high school right you know so yeah okay think- so I'm, I'm curious about that shift um but i want to talk about like the all that time being alone um you said that you spent a lot of time like eating alone or doing things alone what yeah how do you think that you know influence your life like what kind of habits did you learn from that that maybe are good and bad what kind of like activities did you dive deeper into or what what did you realize uh, from being in that that place i i think it it allowed me to be a, a more independent person like i didn't necessarily crave like being social all the time so like I, I don't know what advantages it gave. I guess maybe like slightly more independent, but what I guess negative what it's done is it's made like my default um, just like place that I want to be in to be just like, I can be like totally fine being alone and I just know it's not good for me. It's mm. easy to kind of like fall back into that and just go and go like, you know, not like talk to anybody for like months yeah and then like kind of just disappear but now I, I have to realize like oh this is like a pattern and i have to like break that you know and being social makes me happier and that's just something that i've had to kind of learn instead yeah. of something that i i just know yeah yeah i feel like we are similar in that way some people describe me as pretty social uh i would say in my yeah. past i was but like uh, yeah, I'm the same. Like I could get, I could just stay by myself and be fine. I could just work all day, all night, every day and just like, all right, I don't have to talk to anybody. I'll be good. Yeah. But like you, I think I realized just for my, uh, my mental health, it's like, right. yo, you need people. You're not, you're a human yeah. being. You're not like a robot, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like it, and it's crazy that you have to remind yourself that, but it's like totally a thing where you're like. Oh, like you need like sunlight to get vitamin D. Like you need like humans in your life. Yeah. Like talk to you. Dude. (laughs) Yeah. That's an interesting topic. Um, I've been thinking about this idea that's not fully developed, but it's like, um, I realize the more that we create this artificial environment that we live in. So like we have blue light, we have, you know, social media, which is like our community, we have um, food that's like artificially made out of, you know, very um, intentionally placed ingredients to get you addicted to it. It's almost like you can't trust your intuition or your body. You know what I mean? It's almost like to me, it feels like, uh, like you, you have to trust science or knowledge or whatever that is. Which yeah. um, probably has led to all the craziness, that, craziness that's happening right now. Um, yeah, but... dude, I mean, it's crazy. It is crazy. Like there, the so much of what is presented to us is like shit that was basically like 
impossible to get like as a, a caveman yeah like you <laughs> like you have to like specifically like be like okay i need vegetables in my diet mm-hmm. like I, th- I feel like back in the the day like before like society and like civilization you know you would just eat leaves because that was <laughs> that wouldn't run away right <laughs> exactly <laughs> and like meat and like fruits and like sweet things were like so scarce but like now it's like the opposite and yeah. we're just presented with like chicken nuggets and like <laughs> dopamine like blasters and we have yeah. to like, yeah i can't do that i can't do that thing that feels really good yeah you know yeah that's true it's like doing the opposite of what you feel like um I so I've been trying to stay off of Instagram recently and oh, nice. so I'll uh I'll only get on it to do something like okay. to do a specific task and then I'll get off and I'll delete it from my my phone. Oh but okay. I, yeah. But I still have the habit, you know, of like scrolling to that screen and then like wanting to tap it but then not seeing it there so I'm like, "Oh fuck." And it's uh I've <laughs> yeah. been trying to pay attention to how I feel when I do it and it's like uh it's almost like I, I'm excited to get there, right? Like not like my my subconscious, I guess, it's just like I'm scrolling, I'm excited to yeah. get there, get the treat, get the candy, you know, and then I'm there, I'm like, no, and then it's almost like there's a hole in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's a good way to describe it. Like it's like imagine like imagine if you're on your way to get like a ice cream cone and yeah. then all of a sudden the ice cream place just didn't exist. Yeah. Not even- <laughs> you can go it, like it wasn't there yep. you'd be like ah. <laughs> yeah exactly okay cool okay so you also mentioned that you went to cca um and you felt like there was some shift or transition in your life there well yeah, what, what I, happened i um you know i di- i didn't i i finally had like other perspectives like before since i was really like by myself all the time like i really only had the perspective of like a couple friends that i had and then like my dad and my mom and you know like limitation of that is you know i feel like with if your main influences are your parents they're really like want you to go in a specific direction like you're not just like watching what people do and then being like, okay, so that's what works for them. You know, with, with, you know, they really, with parents, they really want you to do exactly what um, they want you to do. And when I went to like school, I could like actually see like how people were pursuing things that they were interested in and like doing things themselves, which helped me kind of like visualize how to at least start doing something just doing things that would make me work towards like my own goals Mm -hmm. basically yeah you were like exposed to different ways of living life yeah basically yeah and and so you you know you were across the country at that point because cca is in san francisco so yep. it's it's like the combination of being exposed to all these new ideas and then also being away from your parents, which yeah. then gives you like room, right? To be like, all right, I see this dude doing this thing, or I see this girl doing this thing. Let me let me try those things out for myself and see if I like it or not. Definitely. Yeah. And I think 
one thing that I always kind of struggled with that also kind of resulted in me um, being like really like solitary a lot was I was actually very judgmental of people. Mm. Like, I think like when I was in high school, like, you know, I really thought, and I think it was a little bit of influence from my parents being like a little bit elitist about some things, like mm. being really like, you know, like I'm better than like this person. So I'm not going to hang out with them. And just, and having that div with no context, just assuming that you were better than other people. But then when I went to school and realized that I absolutely like wasn't shit about anything, <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, like, you know, I, I need to like, you know, hear other people out and like, realize that like you I'm I'm you know I'm nobody mm -hmm. you know I just I need to like become something right you know right um, I remember that reminds me of like when I first went to school in Seattle and uh I would say I was in the top like 10% or 5% at my high school oh wow when, when in terms of like academic stuff and um, you know, I felt like, yeah, I'm pretty smart. And then I went to college, uh, with the school of like 30,000 or 50,000 people. Yeah. And these people are not just like the smartest at their high school. They're like the smartest in their city or their state. Like they're like some of the top people. And I had the same thing where I was like, oh, oh, you're not shit. <laughs> <laughs> You are yeah. not shit and don't even think that you are because you're not going to be able to keep up. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. What school did you go to? I went to University of Washington. Oh, right on. In cool. Seattle. Yeah. Um, okay. So you, you mentioned that you had like a pretty judgmental perspective in high school. Do you, where did that come from? Do you know? I mean, besides your parents, you, you said. It came from my dad pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Like, he, I think for whatever reason, I don't really know what happened much like what made him like this in his life but he was very like elitist and judgmental about like other people mm. very like the way other people do things like totally sucks and i'm the only person that can really do it right mm. and like i think you know as that being like my only like fully cognizant like male like figure for like a lot of my life made me like be like okay that's you know, that's how the world is. That's how I'm going to act. Right. And then like, yeah, from, I kind of just started off on a, a, a bad footing, I think, because I was like, initially thought like, okay, I'm better than everybody else. Not that I had anything to prove that. Like I was, I did horrible in school. I got <laughs> I a trash point GPA. Just had nothing going except for like some of like the sports and stuff like I did independently from my school. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I went to CCA, I kind of got taken out of that environment and realized like, you know, how people become like something by like making something of themselves, you know? Yeah. yeah and like yeah. really trying. And Yeah. Okay. So um, that makes me think of like, you said that your role models when you were a kid were like maybe your teachers, some of the people, your friends around you, your parents. Um, 
who have been some other people in your life that have been important to you or like pivotal in some way? Um, I think like a lot of the friends that I made, like, uh, when I was doing like a lot of, um, I did a lot of like downhill skateboarding in, in high school and then like early, early college. And I made a lot of friends in that time that like really like I could relate to like humor wise and like really got to know and really looked up to for, for like that part of my life. And I think that's really kind of like, was this sort of saving grace of just like my, my, just that, that phase of my life, like late high school was, I had some people that I could, I could see as almost like funny, interesting, like, people that I, I wanted to be like, instead of just me old daddy-o. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because then you're just, yeah. And, and as far as like other people, I think, you know, later down the line, I feel like with Taylor and our relationship, like I think we've learned like so much about each other and so much about like, you know, the differences in like our lives and like how to be like better people that yeah. I feel like that's been a huge influence in my life too. Yeah. What, what have you learned? Do you, is there anything you can talk about? Yeah. When I, when we met, I was still breaking away from like my super judgmental self and I didn't really have anybody to directly like call out like, Hey, that's fucked up. Like you shouldn't like just judge that person for no reason. And like, you know, Taylor was my, she's my first like actual like relationship. Right. I've never, I had never spent that much time around somebody to where they could literally like call me out on things that I said, like that were almost like train of thought. Yeah. And it helped me realize like my pattern of like judgment that I was putting on like other people. So that was super, honestly, like pivotal and like becoming the, the human that like it 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 was it was honestly like amazing like i would still be judging people like super hard and not really see like the pattern of it you know Mm. like you mean their past and what led them there or what do you mean by pattern of it when i almost get in a train of thought where like i judge people on a lot of different levels where like I, I'll look at somebody and be like, they seem like a douche mm-hmm. and they've said nothing to me. And like, I have no reason to think that maybe the clothes they're wearing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they could be the nicest person in the world. And I, I would just be like, that person looks like a fucking douche. Right. But when I had, when I have like Taylor there next to me and I say like, that person looks like a douche she'll be like what like why like why would yeah. <laughs> what, what leads you to that thought yeah. and then i'll think about it and i'll be like oh there's no reason to think that yeah. maybe i should you know say hi to that person mm, you know mm-hmm. like instead of just being like oh i don't want to talk, talk to that fucking guy right. you know like i can see that there's a i build an antisocial pattern by being like, oh, I don't trust that fucking person. And then if I initially just like think, you know, nothing bad about people until 
they give me something something to be like oh that was like a mean thing then it's just like a more positive like way to live you know what i mean yeah definitely it's like you can it's just the it's the way to just not be judgmental is just assume that people are great Mm -hmm. until they like prove you wrong yeah yeah that's interesting man um was that like a hard thing for you oh yeah yeah where where like somebody is like why or questioning what you're saying you're like damn all right let me let me have to explain myself for a second it's like kind of forces you to reflect on the spot in a way huh yeah definitely like and i i still find myself doing it you know like right now besides like doing the like the teaching i'm working in like a retail store and someone will walk in and like i have to stop myself from being like fuck that person they look like a douche (laughs) (laughs) i would be like don't do that (laughs) yeah uh, say hi how's your day going you know and like just don't assume that everyone's like that you know yeah that's um i feel like that's a topic that's really relevant right now Mm. Uh, because i think a lot of the the stuff that's at least the conversations i've been having um with my parents with other relatives with friends it's like um there's there's two things there's one where you can trust your intuition and then there's the act of like questioning your intuition and assuming like you're saying that everyone is good or at least at the very least just assume that they're neutral like they might not be good or bad um and a lot of the a lot of the stuff that's happening right now i think it's based on the the fear and it all goes back to the the thing that we were talking about earlier it's like right now it's we're in a time where not just the fruits that we're eating i mean not just the food that we're eating and um the light that we're consuming but it's also like the media it's like the stories of people are also artificial mm-hmm. uh which then influences our whole like worldview of different people um okay so i want to talk about Okay, so we talked about like, you know, all, all the stuff that we, we just talked about, which has been kind of dark. Um, I want to talk about beautiful experiences. You know, when you hear the word beautiful, you think like something positive, but I feel like there's, there's like a heavy aspect to it. That's mm-hmm. there's something that like, it's maybe it's meaningful or something. But uh, if you think about your life, what has been the most meaningful moment or most beautiful moment in your life? Man, I've never thought about the most beautiful moment in my life. Um, I wish I had a, like a kid so I could just say that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple. One is when I asked Taylor, my girlfriend, to come with me to Germany when I had an internship there and it, it was, we were on the Bay bridge and it was, the sun was setting and we had been arguing so much cause it was almost looking like we were going to break up because I was going to go to Germany and she was going to stay here or stay in the Bay. And the sun, the sun was going down, the, you know, you're in the Bay area, which is, honestly fucking beautiful and then like 
you know, I looked over at her and I was like, do you want to come to Germany with me? And like, she was glowing with like the golden sunset behind her. Yeah. And that was beautiful. And like, it's, it's, you know, the emotions of it are, are mixed because like we ended up having a pretty like bad time in Germany. Yeah. Like it wasn't like the best experience of, of either of our lives, but that moment in itself felt really beautiful. So there was that. Um, so that was one. Um, what, what made that so beautiful to you? I mean, it was it the aesthetic um, like in terms of the sunset and the light and, you know, how, well, it how was, she was, it was really how sh she was. Cause it was like, I felt like, you know, sh this like really amazing, like bond that we had was like going to get, I thought it was going to end. And I thought that I didn't have control over it. And then I realized I actually did have control over that. And I could, you know, keep this going. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I thought at that, I thought life just kind of happened to me. Like I thought like, oh, I have, I got to take a job or else I'm not going to graduate school. And then like, it's got to be the best job that I could possibly fucking get. And like, if, you know, that, you know, pushes people out of my life, then like, you know, it is what it is. But then I realized like, no, wait, like I have a lot of control over my life. It's my life. Mm -hmm. Like I can do like whatever I, I really want. And like, I can choose to share that with whoever I want. Yeah. And you know, at that moment I, you know, we chose to like, you know, continue being in a relationship and go on like a new like experience with each other. Right. And that just, it felt really nice, you know? So you, um, you're saying that when you, you realize that you had control over your life because you asked her to come with you. Yeah. Where like you assumed before that it was like, well, I have to move. So yeah. Yeah. And you know, maybe you didn't want to ask her to move because you were scared she would say yeah. or something. Yeah. I, f I just felt like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I had so many, I've had so many mental like holdups in my life and I felt like, you know, I didn't have the power to like, you know, change things in my life. And that almost, I, I'd say at that moment, I realized, you know, I did, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it not. does. It does. Uh, and also it's like, um, in a way it's like generous on her part to say, yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. It was because she put her life completely on hold mm -hmm. for this, like, you know, this internship. Yeah. Not getting paid like $3 an hour. Yeah. Doing just something. Yeah, man. Ridiculous. The, I think the sacrifices that people make for you, um, it's like, uh, they can hold you captive or they can uh like bring about this feeling of appreciation yeah you know what i mean um like that's something like you know angela moved with me to portland yeah yeah, yeah. um it's a similar thing i mean uh 
she moved here and there's there's certain things that have gone really right and then there's other things that have gone really wrong uh you know wrong quote unquote and at times like i i felt this i felt like a guilt where i'm like oh man like the reason we're here is because of me right and you know i fucked this thing up but then the other side it's like maybe it's not useful to do that maybe it's more useful to both of you guys to to you know um just appreciate it for what it is and accept it yeah definitely yeah Yeah. um okay so let me see i have i have a few questions um okay i want to talk about pivot points uh i mean that's one but you know it's like points where you're going one direction in life and uh got a lot of these yeah 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 and then like something (laughs) happens right that kind of boom you you it pushes you in a completely different direction Uh, i mean you mentioned going to cca might have been one of those but what other ones um have happened what other pivot points have you had i mean i think one of the biggest ones for me was meeting my like skateboarding friends in high school that was a huge pivot point Mm. because I went from like just being a completely like antisocial like dick that was judging everybody and had no friends to like someone who like had friends and like had like a sense of humor. It was just like that. Yeah. Like it was this huge change in my life. And I think like right around that age, like you make huge like pivot changes where you're just like, all right, I'm going this way. Mm hmm. So that was a really big one for me. Um, uh, then, like, I think, like, earlier in my life when I decided to do, like, windsurfing, I know I don't want to talk about it too much, <laughs> but, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I was a very unhealthy, like, child. At least my dad called me, like, fat. Like, you're a little fat kid. And... <laughs> That, at that point, when I decided to, like, pursue something that actually involved physical activity, I got really healthy. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was a big pivot point in my life, I think. And it was really kind of actually led me to, like, my current state in life, which is a crazy thought. Of, like, yeah. this I made when I was, like, 13. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. It's it, cool it's to pretty, think about. Yeah. Like... And dude, honestly, like so much of how our life is and things that we think of ourselves were shit that we decided like when we were like 13 years old. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so like, true. If you trace it back, like literally just some, you know, either experience or like very like stupid like thought that you got from listening to like, you know, like an emo song. Right. <laughs> this thing of my chemical romance. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's true. I find that so many of the things that I've been through, or like where I am now, it's based. It's um, the things that led me to this specific point. It's like some of them. Most of them, I feel like, are very. Um, what do you call it? Like flippant decisions you know what what i mean like where like i made like a quick decision that was just like all right i want to do this 
and I just did it, and then somehow I led to it led to this point. Um, yeah. I I can't give an example, but uh, another thing is I I realize how little how many things had to happen in a row for a certain thing to happen like for me to meet Angela like I had to uh, I never originally decided to go to design school but in order to meet her I had to go to school first and then fail at my fucking career and then like go all the way to Korea to start randomly drawing because I had like a a feeling I wanted to start drawing which yeah. then made me think like, okay, I should do something with this, you know, that led me to yeah. applying to this. And it's like all these things had to happen like in the right way, in the right yeah. order, maybe even on the right like month or year for it to yeah. lead to this point. Um, and that's always like pretty cool to think about for me. Yeah. I mean, dude, like I literally always think of you when I think of like, career changes yeah yeah. (laughs) like like, oh yeah like i'm okay like dustin kind of did that yeah yeah i mean i i feel like i got pretty lucky um that i i even found what i wanted to do that early i I, like i wanted to go into design when i was like 25 or 26 Mm -hmm. um which when i decided it all my friends were like already five or so years into their careers. Mm. So I felt like I was like taking a huge step back. And now in my life, I'm like, man, that's not anything. It's like, I was so young, you know what I mean? Um, But it always feels like that. It always feels like you're making this huge change. But I tend to like, wait, did you, did you ever meet the Jay Baldwin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Uh, took one of his classes. Were we in the same class? No, we. I don't think we were. No, we weren't. Because okay. you had, I think you had almost, I think you like literally had graduated at that point when I was taking. Oh, that. okay, got it. So yeah. with Jay Baldwin, Jay Baldwin was, um, he was probably like, eighty nine or something when I had his class, and, uh, he would tell stories. The three hour classes, he would tell stories every class, um, that would take up like an hour and a half of the class. So I would oh, yeah. always go in and like ask him a question, and he would just go on for an hour and a half and we just get to listen to him tell stories and the things all the experiences that he has had and all the shifts that he's had in his life like making seemingly really important decisions um that was just became a phase that ended and now he's like somewhere else Um, but yeah no he's a he's a cool guy or he was a cool guy yeah 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 um but yeah like i I realized that the most interesting people that I ever met were always the ones that had done so much random shit in their life. Like to me, the most boring life you could live. And like, if somebody was to tell me this story where like, okay, you, uh, I, I went to school, graduated, got a job, worked there for 50 years, retired. (laughs) It's like, yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't sound interesting at all to me. Um, but yet we kind of want that for ourselves you know uh, oh it's it's easier isn't it yeah i mean it's easier to just be like all right here we go and then just life you know you just blast through life doing the same thing yeah and then you do you just you die (laughs) (laughs) one of the quotes that i read that has stuck with me it was like this this uh, friend of mine posted 
a screenshot of a book she was reading. And it was like, this part was highlighted. And it was, you know, some story about, I think, I don't know the setting, but this, I think this, the mom was talking to her son and the son maybe had been out of school for a few years. And uh, I think he was maybe questioning where he was in his life and maybe seeking approval from his parents. And then um, she said to him, you know, uh, there's no such things as grades anymore. You just live now. You don't, there's no, there's nobody that, that's grading you. That's giving you any judgment. Um, and that to me, that, yeah, yeah. Outside of school, it, like it doesn't yeah. exist anymore. For me, it kind of released something I feel like, and this was, this was like a couple months ago, like two or three months ago. I hadn't realized that I had, it wasn't school specifically. It was more like, um, like just probably started with my parents and wanting to please them, uh, mm. make them happy or make them proud. And yeah. it became this thing where I was just seeking that from authority figures in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. But, but yeah, like reading that, I was like, oh yeah, I can grade myself. And that felt really good where it's like, I can grade myself for, um, how hard I'm trying. I can grade, I can grade myself for what it means to have a good life. Like I don't have to be a fucking designer or uh, anything, a doctor, lawyer, whatever. Like I can just live my fucking life and that's yeah. fine if I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like we can just grade ourselves on like how happy we are. Yeah, exactly. You know? That's, that's the good grade. Like you're having a great time, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's, that's really cool. It's like your scale of laughter, I feel like. Like, in a way, that's like what you said at the beginning of our conversation. You said that uh, you judge, like, your experiences off if, if you can laugh or have fun with it. Yeah, definitely, dude. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I have, a, I have a couple more questions. Oh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so talking about design <laughs> um <laughs> one of the things that we talk about in design is a lot like questions right um it's like i think good questions give you good answers so if you're able to answer a better question then you can answer it you can have you can create a better answer it, okay. it, it's like if you ask the right question so like um yeah. if you ask yourself like how do i get the opportunity to laugh more or how do I surround right. myself with people who laugh more than you answer that question by insert whatever I go to hang out with this kind of person or go to yeah. this kind of show or watch this kind of kind of thing. Um, yeah. So other than that, what what kind of questions do you ask yourself a lot? <laughs> I ask myself a lot, uh, like, what do I want to do? Like in mm -hmm. general, you know, that's a lot like, because right now at this point in my life, I'm like, you know, I got like I've I've shunned design. I'm like, no more, no more design. Mm -hmm. And I've I'm now you know kind of in a business back. You know, at my high like my high school summer job, kind of like teaching windsurfing and being like, oh, that's not for me. Mm -hmm. And then like I've been making these videos on my Instagram, and I've been like, that's where I want to go. You know. Yeah. But there, where there's no money there necessarily. Yeah. So like, 
is that a good idea to keep doing that? Like I ask myself where, like, where do I want to go? Like a lot. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think like when I ask that in a more positive way, it's like, what's going to make me like, like happier and feel more like accomplished and feel like I've done something that's like true to myself, you know? Yeah. And, you know, making videos on the internet that are like basically like spoof pyramid schemes that feels like myself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, I think say like, where am I, where do I want to go and how do I stay true to myself are like very important questions to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. I mean, also I think, uh, Cause you're, you're, you're talking about making the videos, which they're like, they're fucking hilarious. Um, (laughs) The concepts, the concepts (laughs) behind them. Like, it's so, it's so funny, dude. And it's so well thought out, but, um, I'm, uh, I was going to say, you mentioned like, okay, I'm I like making these videos, but they might not make me money, Yeah. but it's at the same time. And I have this problem too. And I think it's something that's in our culture that's mm. like we think that we have to do the thing we love to get money mm. or we have to we have to do that yeah we have to do the thing we love to get money we have to do the passion we have to follow our passion and that should be the career path but yeah. more and more recently i feel like i've been questioning that idea because mm. i feel like putting that pressure behind it it's it kind of corrupts that thing yeah yeah totally and as someone who is currently working within like i'm literally in the windsurf shop right now mm-hmm. like i'm been working in this space that is are based around like something i'm really passionate about like it it kind of sucks like it's not the same it's not the same thing as the passion yeah like you know i think like if i could somehow you know figure out how to like do like my videos like on a stage and get paid to do that or somehow like paid to write things like that would be pretty sweet but you have to like almost separate your passions from like how you obtain currency yeah yeah your life Uh, have you heard of a, a surfer named laird hamilton yeah yeah so something that he said um, that was interesting was he never competed, I think. And mm. he said that he felt like when he competed, um, his energy wasn't focused on the art of surfing, but it was focused on the art of the act of winning. And so it always he felt like it corrupted um, like the, 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 the act of surfing to him, which I feel yeah. like is similar to this thing about when we're talking about money. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, sometimes, you know, like, with competitions, like, they reward, like, different things. Maybe it's, like, how many, like, it's the same thing for windsurfing. It's, like, how many tricks in a row can you do versus, like, what's, like, the best-looking trick? And if you did one and it looked way better than the person that did a bunch of them in a row you're not going to like win the prize. Right. But you're doing it like a different way, you know, and that, that should be valued too. Mm Mm-hmm.
So I have two more questions. That's it? Yeah, two more. That's it. Um, <laughs> all right. So this question is a big question, um, and I'm curious if you have thoughts on it. I feel like you're pretty introspective, so we'll we'll see how this goes. Um, okay. But, okay. Um, when you reflect on our existence, like we're here in, on Earth in the middle of the universe with nothing, like we're just here and we yeah. die and whatever happens, happens, whatever you believe, right? Um, what do you think is the point of this thing called life? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dustin. <laughs> um, it's questions like this that make me almost realize, like, hmm, maybe I'm not that introspective. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I haven't given this one serious thought. <laughs> um, fuck, I don't know. I think the point of life is to to earn the most money and the <laughs> fastest car. <laughs> and to, to to be in the higher dominion am, among all of your colleagues <laughs> generally i think that's what the point is cool that was the last question end of podcast <laughs> <laughs> um okay so uh before the last question is there anything else you want to talk about or any questions you want to ask or topics you want to bring up um uh just um everyone who's listening uh believe in yourself and don't let anybody uh say that you have to go do something to make your life better only you truly know how to make your life better yeah that's great man okay so last question so we as humans put up statues of people, not because we love those people, but because we love what those people represent. So when you pass on from this life and the world puts up a statue that represents you, what would you want that statue to be? And what do you, would you want it to represent? I want, I would want the statue to be of what I'm wearing right now, which is a hat, a t-shirt, <laughs> some extremely short shorts <laughs> and i would want maybe you could put a picture of that in the in the yeah. show notes yeah, yeah yeah um and i i i would want it to represent just that you know things don't always stay the same and you have control over your own life and you can break out of the simulation and be your own human on this earth and beyond. I don't know, Dustin. I think I'm losing it. <laughs> <laughs> that was great, man. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you or someone you know would be interested in being interviewed for the Earthian podcast, Reach out to us on Instagram at WeAreEarthian. And of course, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. Thank you and have a beautiful day.